Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is not Jamie, uh, I am Angus. Jamie can't be with us this evening. Uh, we're doing a little bit of something different today. We've got a guest on, but first I'll introduce my co-host t- this evening, uh, Dan Ashby. Dan, how are you? I'm great, Angus. Uh, obviously, Jamie can't be here tonight, but we've got probably a more important member of the team than Jamie, and that is the winner of last season, Rune. Rune, how are you, mate? Yeah, hello. Uh, thanks for having me on. And yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, just I think a lot of people in the community are really excited about uh, this interview we're going to do. Um, so, Angus, do you want to start the interview? Yeah, so I'll, I'll kick it off, I guess. The, the first question I wanted to ask is just um, a little bit sort of about you, both you yourself and sort of your, I guess, playing of fantasy football, other games, how you got into sort of playing gaffer. Uh, so basically just a, a little bit about you, I guess. Yeah, so uh, fantasy-wise, I've been playing uh, FPL since, I don't know, maybe 2009, maybe. It's been quite a few years there, and uh, when it comes to championship fantasy, I played something my brother uh, made me play the year before Gaffer was launched, so I got some uh, introduction to Gaffer fantasy play there. And uh, apart from that, I don't really play uh, any other fantasy games, it's mainly FPL and Gaffer now. Oh, great. Um, So... I guess the the other question for me really is so I I know obviously you're not from England. Do you get to watch a lot of the championship where you are? Is is a lot of it televised, or are you having to go more off sort of like data or stats, or how does it work for you? Yeah, so we get like tele televised games in the UK are also shown in Norway. You just go buy some, uh, uh, you have to pay for it by uh, like, your pay to view, basically. So you get it uh, as part of a channel deal. And I'm also a Blackburn fan. So I have what is called iFollow, if you're familiar yeah. with it. So yeah. I, I get to watch all non-televised Blackburn games on my computer or stream to my television. So I get quite a lot of that. Interesting. Uh, Dan, do you, did you have anything you wanted to ask, Green? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so you said, obviously, about FPL. Um, how well have you done on FPL? Have you come close to winning FPL or good rankings there? Or uh, I've had some decent ranks over the years. Uh, in the start, I didn't take it that seriously, but that's so- what everyone says as well, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I've never been close to winning, but I've had some top 10K finishes at least, and uh, usually around uh, top 50, but uh, didn't have a good year last year. So pretty yeah, tough. Yeah, well, I'm sure uh, make winning <laughs> the whole of Gaffer makes up for that. Yeah, it makes up for that uh, more than that, actually. <laughs> yeah. so. Um, no, I, I, I'm interested to know how uh, you become a Blackburn fan. 
yeah, that's a fair question, and I get it quite a lot because there's not well, there are some uh, Blackburn fans in Norway probably because they were the winners in '94 and '95 season. Yeah. But uh, for me, I started uh, a bit later. Uh, my brother actually got a rowers kit for Christmas, maybe 98, 99 maybe. And it just became natural that we have that in common. I actually got a Newcastle kit, but it never <laughs> was never Newcastle for me. So. Interesting. Um, so I guess with that, I mean, I'm sure we have lots of uh, a variety of questions, but I guess so moving it into a little bit about Gaffer itself last season, obviously. Um, obvi- obviously, it's amazing to win the game. Did you sort of, what do you sort of put down? What do you think it was the main reasons you were able to win the game? What do you think? Sort of worked really well for you. What, um, what sort of worked? What, or what did you see that sort of led you to end up finishing that high? Yeah, I think there's several reasons. I guess uh, when I set up my team, I didn't really spend that much time with it, but I hit many of the good players in the start. Uh, I was familiar with uh, Puki and I expected Tony to do well after his season with Peterborough and then uh, replacing Watkins in a good Brentford team. And as a Blackburn fan, I watched I watched Adam Armstrong's last half season before yeah. the start of Gaffer and then he was amazing. He wasn't that good the first half of the season. So I started with those three uh, as my strikers, and barring an injury to Puki in the last round, I would have ended with the same striker or strike trio. So, like getting a good couple of players uh, on the starting team was uh, set me up on the right track. And I played a chip in game week two, which boosted me up to like top 15 I think and then I started to actually read the scoring rules because I hadn't really (laughs) done that yet (laughs) and I noticed how the performance bonus worked and then I started targeting players that were good for performance bonus like dribblers and shooters and key passers set piece takers and the likes so that's why I got on early on the likes of Buendia and Scott Malone, for example, who were bonus point magnets. So that's at least some of the reasons. I also, like you, Angus, I believe, didn't play an overhaul. I only played uh, the other chips. So if you could, like, avoid playing an overhaul and still have a decent team, you can get quite a lot of points from doing that. And that's yeah, where I, I that, uh, oh yeah. I, sorry, sorry, Rune. I think um, when I reviewed my season, I used all three overhauls. And I think it's okay to use it in the first one because I had a lot of Nottingham Forest players and, um, and things like that. 
but I definitely didn't need to use it probably in the second and the third phase of the game. And I finished 26 and I honestly believe I wasted three or four boosts. Um, obviously, I might not have beaten you guys, but I think the overhaul is is definitely something I'm going to try not to use this year. And it's interesting you mentioning that same to Angus and both of you finished ahead of me. Um, another thing is, did you realise that the defence was key during, because at about 10 game weeks in, I started to realise that five at the back or four at the back was definitely the way to go. And midfield was definitely scoring a lot less. I don't know if you noticed that room. Yeah, you could see that uh, the defenders were better than midfielders, uh, at least uh, uh, related to uh, FPL, where midfielders are quite strong. But I didn't really play much five at the back myself. But uh, for example, I tried to get the few midfielders that were actually good last season. So for yeah. example, at one point when I uh, got Pookie in my team, finally. Uh, I sacrificed Aarons rather than Cantwell because Cantwell was actually a decent midfield option. While Aarons usually got like six points when they got a clean sheet, so you could cover him with just other cheaper defenders. But yeah, it goes without speaking that the likes of Malone and uh, Roberts and Toffolo and uh, players like that had a uh, more of an impact than, say, uh, Mbomo or even a Jed Wallace or the likes of the midfielders. We're smiling, Rune, because Jed Wallace is um, a bit of a funny player for us. Um, I don't know if you've listened to the, the podcast yet. Um, <laughs> you have, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so obviously being a Blackburn fan, you obviously started with Armstrong and he 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 just started like a house on fire. Uh, do you think he's going to stay this season? I'm quite unsure, actually. I wouldn't think so. He's not been great in preseason, so maybe he's got other moves on his mind. Who knows? But, uh, I mean... He's our best player, so uh, he would prefer him to stay, but he's also on his last year and him leaving for free when uh, the economy in Blackburn is such... Yeah, it's not a well-run club at the moment, so uh, they probably need to get some money for the few prized assets that they actually have. So um, I know that Blackburn, I've got, uh, all of a sudden I've got another Blackburn question. Um, I know that Blackburn did well with sort of the, the lone players from the sort of the top end Premier League clubs. Obviously, Harvey Elliott is the one everyone thinks of, but the likes of Branthwaite coming in as well. Um, Blackburn are obviously looking a little bit thin at the moment. Is that the sort of thing that you think is going to happen again, where particularly once the Premier League clubs decide some of the young players that they're going to send out? that that could be a place that Blackburn sort of bring players in again and um, particularly looking towards Gaffer that they might then come in as assets as well. Yeah, I believe uh, Mowbray has said that they will be looking at the loan market specifically. So I expect to see it a little bit more activity there 
like now uh, until the start of the season and after the start of the season. I think the Premier League clubs is a bit late on uh, the players with, uh, you know, the the Euros and all, with the players returning late, so the loans. Uh, uh, they can't finalise them too quickly, I believe. That's what I read. Yeah, I think the rest of the players are back today, so we might see some movement there, I guess. Hopefully. Um, I know we've got a couple of questions, actually, um, from Joel, who obviously ended up finishing second to you. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll start with the first of them. He said, um, what were the most significant moments for you in the race to win Gaffer? Yeah, the most significant moments, uh, I guess the one I talked about a bit earlier, where I actually started uh, getting into the rules and the scoring system. So I started actually putting some more time into it, getting finding players to target. I typically used like the SofaScore app just to check who had got good underlying data for uh, dribble uh, or successful dribbles and key passes and shot on target. And also uh, I was familiar with quite a lot of the players before as well then. Another one was the game week 23 where Millwall had their double game week. And I think a lot of players ended up on Cooper. I don't know yeah. if any of you had him. And uh, I, I remember, know. okay. <laughs> and I remember I was on the Millwall website to find out if Scott Malone was in training because he was he was injured prior to this and um, he was better for the underlying data compared to Cooper and was cheaper. So. I mean, that decision ultimately changed almost everything because I made a list here of what kind of points he got after I got him in. And it was 7, 1, 15, 10, 15, 13, 8, 8, 10, which was ridiculous to yeah. be fair. I, I must admit I was really lucky with uh, going on Malone because the first game in the double game week he didn't start and I was like ah oh, it was a mistake <laughs> and then they were losing 3-0 at the break and they subbed him in and then he played 90 minutes the rest of the season uh, I believe so I got quite a bit of luck with Malone just from hearing that, I'm tempted to just put him in this season's draft straight away. <laughs> After uh, hearing that, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was quite ridiculous. You got like four bonus points and uh, maybe a goal involvement uh, every other game. And uh, I mean, they got a lot of half clean sheets and full clean sheets in Millwall. So uh, it was a uh, fantastic asset at like, was it 5.0? I believe yeah i think so yeah yeah i think he was priced so cheap because um he moved on loan from derby so obviously they priced him as if he was going to be at derby and then obviously as soon as he went to millwall he was massively un uh, underpriced i'm not even sure did he 
start all the previous games before his injury? Or did Murray Wallace start in a back four uh, a bit as well as the left back? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Uh, well, other like big events, can you say, was uh, the week when Joel played us overhaul, I believe, and I went with the goal fest and uh, Brentford thrashed. Uh, oh yes, Wickham seven one, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And this uh, is the oh, the Tony one. Yeah, it? Tony and Canos or something. Yeah, so yeah. I had Tony Canos and Pinnock, and even Pinnock scored his only goal of the season <laughs> or something in that game. So. Uh, Got quite lucky on that uh, Goldfest chip, even though, like, I had two Bournemouth attackers and was it three Norwich attackers with double game week and no goals from either of them. When the uh, my captain got a red card, so uh, I got minus points from him <laughs> that double game week. But overall, it was uh, quite a lucky uh, Goldfest uh, week for me there. It set me up nicely because uh, I was probably around 40 points behind Ali and Joel at that point. It seemed to be like a two-horse race, but that chip uh, changed it back uh, or made it a three-horse race instead. Yeah, that's that's certainly very interesting. The other thing that is quite funny there, because the other question Joel had was... And I'm sure he won't mind you being honest with this. Is he said, were there any moves that he made in the last sort of ten to fifteen game weeks that you thought were significant errors? Well, I wouldn't call it an error with the overhaul. He had a different strategy. We had very different teams at that time. So he, I don't remember what chip he went for in the end, but he tried to overhaul out of it after the chip was used, I believe. While I did not, I built my team to avoid using the overhaul. So uh, I'm, I don't have the numbers in front of me, so uh, I wouldn't comment too much on that, but there was just a different strategy and mine worked better there for whatever reason, I believe. So. Otherwise, I think he sold Sean Morrison. I was happy when he sold him because he was uh, getting points like Malone at his best uh, at one point there. I don't know if he... Yeah. I remember at one point I had Malone and Morrison. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully we get some good assets like that. I think we will. I like a lot of the defences this year from the top clubs, so... Yeah, I think uh, a lot of guys are going quite heavy at the back for next season with uh, West Bromwich and uh, maybe Fulham. So so have you been sort of obviously, I mean, a lot of it's sort of obviously just people chatting on Twitter, but have you seen a lot of what people are talking about for this season? Have you sort of been thinking about obviously what a lot of people are settling on have you had any different thoughts to what people are thinking in terms of when people are looking at particular teams do you sort of see a lot of similar thoughts to you or are you do you find yourself thinking differently to a lot of to what a lot of people are 
sort of going with at the moment? Uh, a bit uh, both yes and no. I've seen some uh, drafts on Twitter and I've obviously listened to you and also to Stoke Affer and Joel on uh, on the pods. So uh, there are some, some things I agree with and some things uh, <laughs> maybe I don't agree with, but uh, I can't really get myself to invest too much in defense. Uh, but uh, I don't know if that's the right play with uh, the midfielders have been buffed a bit this season. But um, also uh, people are have been talking about Malone and Jed Wallace as a bit boring picks, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say Malone is uh, boring, but I can uh, maybe see Jed Wallace since he's not the, yeah, the brightest uh, asset you can have in your team, but uh, he keeps ticking over. So if you can invest like 10 million for points trickling in and not maybe considering him, consider him as a captaincy option, then he might be a good choice. Otherwise, you have like some names going uh, that I feel are good, um, that are good choices like uh, Townsend and Furlong from uh, West, Brom- West Bromwich and uh, NG. Is that yeah. Victoria? Yeah, from Cardiff, he seems underpriced. Me, obviously, as a Blackburn fan, got to pick a Blackburn player as well, and that's either Pickering or Joe Rankin Costello. Pickering were on set pieces for crew, so he can he can be good for a performance bonus, maybe, maybe a wait and see. He has also been on some corners in the preseason, so he might get some set pieces for Blackburn as well. And Joe Rankin Costello has the possibility of being an out of position player. We'll have to wait and see. He's injured at the moment, but he uh, he's a 4.5 million defender and might play on the left or right of a 4-2-3-1 or as the right wing back when they play three at the back. So it's possibly one to monitor there as well. Nice. Uh, Dan, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? Um, basically, um, me and Angus um, a few weeks ago done a pod about boosts and things like that. I was wondering, going into the first 15 game weeks, have you looked at boosts or or have you not? I thought about them. I uh, picked pretty much which one I'd like to use and that's uh, probably, uh, let's see, we have uh, away days, that's mandatory. It's just, yeah, uh, it's the best chip in the game. <laughs> So you have to play it if you don't want to fall behind. And uh, park the bus is an extremely strong chip when you have uh, a game with good defenders. So I'm probably going to play that. Even though at the moment I have a 4.0 defender in my team. But we'll see. Uh, My draft is not finished yet. So otherwise, 
it's either a goal fest or a jeepers keepers maybe if uh, more from coventry actually starts like many people are predicting and you get the keeper who's not from one of the best teams you might play cheaper keep cheapers keepers one round and maybe get quite a few points on that but uh, you won't have a double game week so um, maybe not as good as last year still goldfest is is uh, a coin flip pretty much you can get really lucky or really unlucky you might get zero to two goals uh, the round you play it even though the fixtures are good you never know in the championship so uh, i haven't decided between those two yet we'll see uh, a bit later i guess okay uh, just wondering uh, rune when you've won the game what is your aim this season? I know uh, Jamie's organised like the Super League from like all the highest place finishers last year. Is is that your main aim this year um, to win that, or obviously to try and win it again? But um, there's some top managers in that um, that Super League, and obviously Angus was good enough to just squeak in there so um <laughs> is, that, is that your main target that would i think that would be my main target this year yeah that would be a nice target try to beat the best otherwise uh for the whole game uh, you you gotta be realistic this was uh once in a lifetime lifetime thing i think so uh it's yeah try and get a good rank so uh We'll see how many players actually sign up for this season before I have a number in mind. But it's I don't want to have a train crash for the second season now. <laughs> second season syndrome. <laughs> Avoid that at all costs. Hey, Angus, so, are you happy or do you got any more? Uh, I was just going to say, does, has it sort of changed your priority because... Um, I was talking to someone recently uh, about, particularly about FPL, saying that it, particularly right now, I mean, I know that the championship season starts first, but it's sort of, it's almost overtaken. I mean, obviously doing the podcast is what makes a difference for me, but it's almost overtaken FPL in a way for me. Do you sort of feel that way at this point, obviously having won the game last year as well, or is it? do you still sort of look at FPL as the main game and Gaffer as your second game? I wouldn't say so because last year I had uh, there was a round where the deadlines were 15 minutes apart. I believe uh, Gaffer was 15 minutes before FPL, and then I missed my first FPL deadlines in several years. <laughs> so maybe the priority priority has changed. <laughs> so yeah. Got to focus on Gaffer now and yeah, <laughs> make a good second season. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I have much else. Um, was Do there anything else you any wanted to cover, Dan? No, no, I'm happy. You got any questions for us, Rune? Or yeah, do I have any questions for you? Should I get Adebayo from Luton for my team? <laughs> 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 Who knows? Do you want a serious answer or are you joking, Ruth? Uh, a little bit of both. 
<laughs> I think obviously in that price bracket, Clark Harris is the best option. But I, th- I honestly believe Luton will be a bit more attacking. And um, he's definitely good enough for the championship. Um, I think he'll get double fig- figures. So He's definitely one to watch. But uh, We've got quite a few tricky games. Sheffield United and West Brom in the first five. So it's probably a wait and see at the minute. Yeah. All right. I don't think I have any more questions. So... Uh... You don't have any more for me either? I don't think so, no. I think it was uh, was obviously great to come on, have a chat, uh, get your thoughts both on what works, you know, the the game itself, what works, um, hopefully something that uh, the listeners can take from it. Um, I'm going to now go and look heavily at uh, successful dribbles and crosses and... (laughs) probably by Scott Malone. So. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. <laughs> um, but no, thank you very much, Rune, for yeah, coming on and thank you joining us this evening. Uh, we wanted to try and make sure we, we got to have a chat with you. So we really appreciate you making the time. Uh, this hasn't been the easiest one to coordinate in terms of working out <laughs> time. So we really appreciate you sort of making some time to come on and talk to us. Yeah, no problem, all uh thanks for having me on and uh, hopefully someone will get some use out of it um so thanks again thanks to dan for hosting with me um we'll be back on thursday uh we'll be doing our team reveals ahead of the bournemouth west brom game on friday um so thank you all for listening and until next time <laughs>